Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to The Shred Show Live, where we bring you industry professionals, entrepreneurs, and the best of the best from around the world who are willing to share how they shred, the strategies, the techniques, and the actionable items that you need in your business to go out and dominate. Join us as we shred, show up, hustle, repeat every day. Let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, like I say, she really needs no introduction, but she is the VP of Financial Services Experience.com. She's the founder of Cultural Outreach, which is now part of NAMBA. So ladies and gentlemen, she's just, she's amazing. If you've never got to know, you've probably seen her on stage. You've heard her speak before, but I've got Kristen Meserly hanging out with me this morning. Kristen, how are you, my dear? Hi, thanks for having me. You have the most epic introductions ever. Well, you know what? If that's all I'm known for is epic introductions, I'll take it. Plus, I'm hanging out with you, so you literally need no introduction. But we have a lot to talk about. Before we get into it, though, how are you? How are things? You're all over. You're traveling. You're speaking all over the place. Things are busy for you. Yeah, it's been crazy. I'm loving seeing people face-to-face, so that's been really fun. Um, but yeah, it's been a wild ride over ex- experience.com, formerly social survey. So we've been, um, had a lot going on there. Conferences are back and then the new report just launched. So yeah, really excited. And that is going to be our topic of conversation is this report. I mean, you have put some incredible, you have some, there's so much data, so many facts in here that when I first, when you first sent over to me, I started looking at, it, I'm like, woo, like there's a lot to this. There's a lot to break down, but you and I are going to try to break this down in simple terms. We're going to go over a few key points. We're going to share some data with everybody. But what's exciting about this for me, Kristen, is there is a, just the title of it, next gen home buyer, the mindset, the shift that's happening. We need to be aware of it. We need to be thinking about it. We need to be talking about it. So let's dive into what, how did this come to be though? Did you just say, Hey, you know what? We need to create this report. Give us a little backstory. How did this even start coming to pass? Yeah, this really feels like a child that has, you know, come over actually a really long time because we started, I I started thinking about this when I was speaking a lot on next gen homebuyers. And I made a lot of assumptions based off of interviews that I did with people and my own experience and all that kind of stuff. And then I, you do some research online, there'd be a few reports here and there, but nothing that was centralized, like here's the next gen homebuyer report. Here's some specific data that, that really backs up what we're talking about. And so um, last year we did a 2020 next gen home buyer report, which we started to do in April. And of course, COVID was hitting right then. And so it was a really weird time. And um, so we did a follow up survey in September. And we just had such an incredible response. And I had content for the entire year, basically of stuff that I could pull from and really interesting points that was especially relevant right now. And I thought this is a great time to do a follow up survey. And so um, yeah, we've just been we collected the data over the summer and have released it today. So that's awesome. And like I said, and now we get to talk about it. This is kind of like the unofficial release, if you will. So let's dive into it. Like you said, this has kind of been your baby. You you've put so much time, efforts, resources into this thing. So there's a lot to talk about, but we're gonna we're gonna do our best, ladies and gentlemen. We're gonna share a lot with you. So you better be ready to drink from a fire hose because this is gonna be a lot. So so here we go. I want to kind of jump into this because, like I said, this is an actual. It's a 33 page entirely report, but we're gonna kind of hit on the key points of this. 
Yeah. So I think that, I mean, right now you can go to culturaloutreach.com, click on the 2021 Next Gen Homebuyer Report, and it is there. And we'll be sharing it all over um, experience.com and through our partners. MBA um, actually sponsored this and National MI as well. So um, I'll be doing lots of webinars, sharing more in-depth information. But today we just wanted to do some of the highlights from the executive summary and some of the areas that I thought were most interesting. Um, because, you know, the research that's out there, there's a lot of stuff on how, like, some of the behaviors around next-gen homebuyers. But I think that in this report, we really dive into the understanding of the, the homebuyer experience, their perceptions and um, feelings around home buying, and sure. also their behaviors online, which is um, some of the stuff that I, I want to get into today. Okay, well, let's dive into it because I think it is really interesting. Like I said, I think it's pertinent. You said MBA. Are you going to be an MBA? Yes. Maybe yeah, you're going to hang fact, out an MBA. Let's go. Yes. And we have um, a little soiree. So I'll share some information, but you should oh. join. There's a, um, I don't know, some like wine and stuff. So, <laughs> oh, well, I'm looking to hang out anytime I get to hang out with Kristen. It's a good time. So, <laughs> so let's, let's kind of dive into, like I said, the details of this. And we want to give everybody listening, everybody watching, let's kind of start to break it down, start to share some of these facts with them. All right, cool. So if you want to just skip below this, so this is talking about, you know, what's going on. We, of course, we're starting this in still in the pandemic. And so, um, and this is a continuation from last year. So some of the the areas, if you go further back up, um, it, we'll talk about the three core things that we're addressing. One is home buying statements, which is, oh, there. Um, there, yeah, there we go. Uh, the home buying statements, which are the common myths and statements that you hear from millennials and next gen home buyers, um, that we talk a lot about, like twenty, you know, needing twenty percent to buy a home, or um, those types of things. Like, do they even want to buy a home right now? And um, so we really dig into some of that and question that and gather some data there. And then COVID nineteen, um, we did find an increase. I think expectedly um, that we would found an increase in some of the that it had a detrimental impact on whether millennials or next gen homebuyers in particular um, their plans around buying a home and even more so in black millennials in particular um, and then the and then communication preferences and how they are gathering information as well. So. That, which is really, so I want to make sure we establish this off the bat, because if you read this entire report, you'll kind of get it. But when we talk about next gen home buyers, you mentioned millennials, you mentioned, I mean, Gen Z, who falls under the next gen home buyer? Yeah. So, I mean, you can see this ranging all over the place, but in our report, we chose 22 to 37 years old. So that's awesome. like a little bit of the, um, the Gen Z population, but still in the home buying age and yep. then all the way up through millennials. Oh, I like that kind of encompasses all of them, right? There's a yeah. lot of people that fall under that category. Love it. Absolutely love it. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Let's keep talking so, about this because I think it's so interesting. Yes. Okay. So going into that next section, um, I think this is really interesting and it, it's, I mean, the, if you've ever followed any of my stuff, I, I'm always talking about education and um, helping to empower next gen home buyers to understand the process. But one of the big findings we had was that one in four said that their biggest challenge was a lack of understanding around the home buying process. And, wow. you know, this supports all of the, the interviews I've done with everyone that has ever thought about buying a home in the, our population that I know. Everyone says that they either turn down, like decide not to go into the process because they just don't understand it or they feel really overwhelmed 
So this is just a huge, huge part of, I think, that we need to understand as an industry. How are we engaging next-gen homebuyers in a way that helps them understand and feel empowered? So this is a big one. And also, you know, it's funny because I actually went through the home buying process at the beginning of this year myself. And it was so interesting because I was thinking how I like I really followed all of these things. Like, even though I've been in the industry forever, I've been licensed as a loan officer, like I, I know a lot of information. And yet when I went to buy a home, I felt like because there's so much stress, I felt as though I was just I didn't understand the process. Like I I, I felt very concerned that I was going to miss something and I was going to miss a hidden fee or whatever. And so I think this is a really emotional aspect of the home buying process that we often skip over. Well, you mentioned something key there. It is emotional. Like we, even being in the industry, you and I have been in this industry for a long time. We, you know, both of us have our, our origination license. And even then, like there's still so many, there's things are evolving. Things are changing. The next gen home buyer, like just imagine how lost they are. And especially, I, I still hear this. Like I joke, people think this is like kidding, but I still hear like, People or even like my parents and my parents' generation, like they talk about, well, you still need 20% down to buy a home and still need this. Like there's just so many misconceptions. There's just so many things that the next generation of home buyers, they don't know. And as mortgage professionals, it is up to us. It's our opportunity. It's our responsibility to, to understand what they don't know. So we can go teach them. We can help them become educated. We can help them learn so they can feel confident. They can feel comfortable. Because if we do that, again, this we talk about this industry so much as a relationship industry, Kristen, and you and I both know that. But if you break it down, if you help, if you educate them, what better way to start a relationship, right? Yeah, absolutely. And that really is a great segue into the next section, which is um, about trust and building how you build trust with next-gen homebuyers. Um, this stat was absolutely mind-blowing to me that one, only one in three current or future next-gen homebuyers said that they felt that lenders were trustworthy or reliable. So I think that's um, that was a really... I, it, it's not surprising to me at all because this is, you know, everyone I talk to feels a lot of skepticism. And in fact, when I've shared that stat before um, my with friends, they're like, oh, I'm surprised it's that high, you know, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's awful. You know, I mean, everyone, yeah. I, I think that there's just a, a lot of fear and skepticism for many, many reasons, um, which some of which are outlined here. But I think that we have to understand how to build that um remove that barrier of distrust and build a connection. That's huge. Like you said, that number is astronomical. Only like 27.9%. Like, Chris, we got to do a better job. Like, that's just crazy to me. So here's the argument. And we don't have to get ton into this. Is it, is it the come the big, the big box stores, some of these big lenders, is it because they're just pushing them through the system or is it coming down to a level of like, doesn't matter if you're, you know, a smaller banker, broker, whatever you are, like, is it just lack of communication? Is it like, how, how do we start building this trust? Well, it's interesting because I actually don't think it's all the industry's issue. Although, you know, we, I mean, we entered adulthood during or right after the financial crisis, which is a big one. And I think there's a stat later on that talks about how we have a fear of the market being unstable and that kind of stuff. So I think that creates some distrust. But also, you know, I, one thing that I've been talking a lot about lately is um, our, 
or our money story, like the story mm. that we have around money from that we get from childhood. I mean, we have a if you think about your earliest money memory, um, whether it's listening to your parents fight about the bills or, you know, I grew up in a mortgage family, so we had a roller coaster of um, financial situation constantly. And that type of thing really um, changes or it stays with you for the rest of your life. And you think about that in other areas of psychology, it's like a given, but we don't think about it as much around money. So I think that that really plays into our level of distrust is what was happening in the market and, and how we were taught about finances or not taught about finances as children as well. Dude, this is so funny. Now you have me like thinking back to like my early childhood of like, okay, what was like my earliest? And I think honestly, like as I'm thinking about it, there was a time where I wanted the the ice cream truck, you know, when the ice cream truck rolled through our little, you know, streets. Yeah. And I remember I was so excited because I heard those. And I'm like, ah, mom, I want a popsicle. I want a popsicle. I want to go buy an ice cream. And she's like, well, do you have the money? And I'm like, no, but you do. Like, why, yeah. what, what do you mean? Do I have money? Like, what, you're the money. What are you talking about? And that was like my earliest memory. Like, wait a minute. I need money. Like, that's something for me. So I think even, even that's kind of fun. See, that's why I love Kristen. Yeah. Jones. She makes you think back. She makes you think about our early childhood. But again, these discussions, I, I look at some of my, my friends, kids even, and they, as they're approaching these ages, talking about money. And I mean, the whole argument of how finances and how home buying is not taught in schools. It's just a lack of education is just, it, it's baffling. It's astounding. And somebody like, like ourselves, who we've been doing this for years and years and years now, we're just like, well, why isn't this done? Why, why mm -hmm. isn't this being taught? And honestly, I don't know if it ever will. It's, it's up to us. It's up to mm -hmm. us as mortgage professionals to actually help people learn these things. Mm -hmm. Well, and I'll tell you something really interesting that we found actually in the 2020 Next Gen Homebuyer Report um, that is related to this. But we found a huge gender gap, which I was shocked by. Like I, I, I thought, you know, we are we're looking at a younger generation. We're not going to see that kind of ge gender gap. But it was in every area of financial habits and whether it's investing all, all across the board. And um, and when we we um, like controlled for whether they had children, their socioeconomic status, income, parent socioeconomic status, everything we could. And the only thing that was statistically significant was whether or not they were taught as children about financial planning. And, um, and women were significantly less likely to have been taught about financial planning as children. And so mm -hmm. you think about, and that, you know, at times are changing the way that we raised children was a little bit different. There may have been some, there, there were definitely different expectations. And so, um, that you see how much that plays into the rest of your life and how much that, that becomes, you know, ingrained in, in things. It really does. It can, I mean, change all kinds of outcomes for us. So there you go. Everybody listening right now, teach your kids about fine. Have those discussions. Don't be scared of it. Sometimes, but I think that's what it is. Sometimes, Chris and I think parents don't even know where to start. How do you educate your kids on them? But it's just, it's like, hey, let's just figure this out. So, all yeah. right, let's come back to the report because there are so many other things that I'm sure we want to discuss and get into here. But COVID-19, was COVID-19 really a big factor? Yeah, you know, this actually, I mean, I don't know that this surprised me, but you hear about how crazy the market is and it's hard to believe that it even did play a factor here, but it did with this generation. And, mm. and so, and I, I know many friends who have tried, and it was really hard for me too, but, um, you, I put an offer in on a home one time and there were 80 something offers on it. And I was like, there's no, I have no chance here, you know? And, um, and so I think that that th there were a lot of different factors, but, um, almost half of the respondents reported that COVID-19 had hurt their decision to purchase a home. So I think there wow. was some instability there. Um, and then, and that was up, uh, from one third and a year ago when we did that survey last September. So, 
And this disproportionately impacted communities of color as well. Um, and then one in five were also concerned that their potential home would not be a good investment, which I think, huh. again, goes towards that education piece and just overall feeling of instability and uncertainty that COVID-19 has really brought on us as well. Yeah, I think that's just one of those things where it's it's just shaking up our world. This pandemic has shaken us up in so many different ways. I think this is one of those that we didn't even really think about. Like mm -hmm. it was more of a health thing. It was more of a, you know, getting out among society. But now that we're talking about home buying, we're talking about these type of things. This did there were ramifications that I discussed in the very beginning that we would see long-term ramifications. And I think this is one of those things, you know, affecting the the home buying thought process of next gen home buyers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it goes back to that idea of the psychology of money as well. I mean, we are so th that uncertainty and instability that we feel plays out in our finances, whether we are doing okay or not, whether we have a stable job or not. And so um, one of the things I've been teaching on over the last year is um, how to build an empowered, like using a um, trust building model to with consumers that I, I used previously as a social worker. And some of the core tenants in there are initially building a sense of safety, transparency, providing choice and collaboration, ultimately leading to empowerment. And I think that really shows why that type of model is so crucial right now. No, I absolutely agree. And I'm, I'm really excited for this, this next, this next section, because yeah. online sources, personal work, like networks, like social media, like this all affects the decisions of next gen home buyers. Yeah. So this is the last section that I think I want to just touch on briefly while we're here is a major highlight. Um, but it's the way consumers are, are consuming information. And this really blew my mind. Like we all know people go to Google and are, that's a given that people start their search online. We've heard that data um, for a long time, but in, in this data, we found that um, a significant majority cited learning about personal finance from Google, friends and family and other sources, but 70% alone chose Google as their go-to source for personal finance knowledge. And 74% chose YouTube as their go-to source for content. So, um, oh. and there's actually, uh, I don't know if you want to go down to page 21, I don't know if you can like scroll that quickly, but Got this. okay, cool. Cause there's a really interesting graph that I think, well, yeah. Boom. So which social media platform do you visit to learn more about personal finance? 58% by far the most went to YouTube. Dang. Isn't that That's crazy? Cr Look, I mean that like destroys everything else. Yeah. Destroys. <laughs> That blew my mind. I mean, and it's funny because like I do that. I, I go to YouTube when I want to learn anything. Um, but I I don't know. It just really shocked me that that was that far ahead. You know what's really interesting though? This And this is absolutely true and, and to the, some of these statistics earlier is we all used to say, oh, I Google it. Now it's almost becoming, no, I just uh, YouTube it. Like it's, it's yeah. YouTube. It's Google is still definitely a great search engine, but we all know YouTube is the second most used uh, search or search used search engine. There we go. But mm -hmm. YouTube is one of those, like, I just, I know I'm going to get video. I'm a very visual person. And I know when I go to YouTube, I'm going to see a video on it. I'm going to have content on it that I'm going to be able to consume. This is crazy. This one alone, yep. when I saw this, I was like, oh my gosh. So all you listening that I keep telling you, you need to be on YouTube. Maybe now you're going to listen to me. Maybe now you're like, okay, maybe that's what I need to do. So. And one more thing to show you, if you go down to page 24, there's another uh, graph that I'll show you. Um, here we go. Right here. So when you want to learn more about personal finance, where do you go? Number one, Google by far. So wow. 
then friends and family, and then social media, not far behind. So I think that that's also really interesting. Google, of course, is number one. So, you know, when you think about where are, are you, are you showing up when someone searches your name? Are you providing content that's going to show up on Google? All that kind of stuff is really important. It is definitely relevant. And as much as you think as Uncle Bill knows everything, ladies and gentlemen, you know, Uncle Bill not, may not be the best source for you. But this goes back to this entire conversation, Kristen, which is we as mortgage professionals, we need to be the ones to make sure we're educated, that we make sure that we're up to date. Because again, this industry is changing. It's evolving. There's new guidelines. There's new, you know, new opportunities for us to educate home buyers for. We need to be doing our jobs. And again, this report that again, you have put so much time, so much effort and, and resources into, we need to be paying attention. We need to be sharing this with home buyers. Like this report you've created so people can share with their home buyers, correct? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think it's great to share with your partners. I think it's helpful. It provides really actionable insights for how you can better improve your connection with next gen home buyers. Uh, but yeah, we designed this for everyone. And that's what, and again, that's why Kristen and her team, and this is so brilliant because again, is this benefiting her? No, it's benefiting all of us. It's benefiting the industry. We need more people like Kristen willing to put in the time. We need you to commit to the process, ladies and gentlemen, with all of us need to come together and work on it. And that's how we help the next gen of home buyers. Man, it's, it is an exciting time though, Kristen, to see this data, to know what's coming ahead of us. It's an exciting time to be part of the industry, right? Definitely. And technology is changing so quickly and the way that we interact with it. It's a really exciting time to be in the industry and to be, um, to be, you know, part of that change. Oh, be part of the change. See, look, Chris is like the best person when it comes to mic drop. She's like, yeah, <laughs> I, I got this. I'm, I'm amazing. <laughs> what can I say? Anything else you want to share on this, uh, on the home buying report, Kristen? No, just that, I mean, it's, there's tons of great data in there. I really encourage everyone to check it out and keep an eye out for, I'll be doing lots of webinars that expand on this and provide more actionable insights based on this data. So thank you Ooh. so much for letting me debut it on your show. Oh, I am humbled. I'm honored to have you debuted on this show. And like I said, this is, there's been a lot of people jumping in here, a lot of people commenting. So thanks for everybody that has participated. And we will post a link below to the report. Like I said, Kristen and her team, they've done brilliantly putting this information together for you. So utilize it. Don't be crazy. It's right there in front of you. Why would you not share this with your home buyers? Why would you not share this with your realtor partners? Be that valued source. We talk about it time and time again. You have to create value. That's how you separate yourself. That's how you get noticed. So with that, ladies and gentlemen, huge shout out to Kristen and for all of her hard work and all her dedication to this. Kristen, you're amazing. Appreciate you. Thank you so much, Josh. Thanks All right, guys. Thank you to everybody. We hope you have an incredible weekend. Yes, it's Friday. That's where I'm. That's why I'm wearing red. Remember, everyone deployed. Guys, we hope you have a great Friday, and we hope you have a phenomenal weekend. With that, we appreciate you. We love you. Now it's time for all of you to go shred. Go show up. Hustle. Repeat every day. See ya.